The Late Night Legends podcast is meant for an adult audience only. It may contain sexually oriented content. Content may not be suitable for sensitive listeners. Please be aware of your surroundings. Listener discretion is advised. Legends Internet Podcast Radio Show. This is uh, Spooky Hour on a Monday night. Coming to you live and hot from mostly the Chicago area, I think. Chicagoland, Midwest area. We've got from my left to clockwise the Tressa here. What's good? Then we got the Kara here. Then we've got, Hi. We've got Ice Queen with a mustache here. Stormfrog. Stormfrog, Leia ha- had the same procedure you had with the deviated septum stuff, so she's got her mustache on, her bandage. Uh, also, um, we've got Jenny, who's still with us. So excited to podcast with Jenny. Um, we've got uh, Whiskey Cowboy. It's a great click. It's like Conan meets Ghost Hunters. <laughs> Which one of us is Conan? You. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I definitely don't have the body for Conan. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Wait, which one? Are we talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger? Or are we talking I about O'Brien? So. I hope so. I don't have Conan O'Brien's Tress body. And I went to I'll be O'Brien. Yeah, no, I'll be both. It's okay. cool. Okay. I'll be an amalgamation. Amalgamation of both. I got it. Okay. So Stormfrog <laughs> wants to know how Ice Queen feels. I think Ice Queen took a quick call. So, uh... Right before she was done making fun of me for doing a, a quick work call, she took one herself, which is great. <laughs> uh, hold on one second. Does anybody have any news? Any news whatsoever? Kara, we are now allowed to advertise some things if you want to do a quick little quick little advertisement, if you'd like. Otherwise, we can hold For on. some upcoming shows? Yes. That we're talking about? Give the people some stuff to look forward to. Um, November 7th, so a little bit off right after Halloween, Chris Fleming is going to be on the show. So excited. One of my favorite people. And my husband got to meet him, too, at a recent event, and he's one of my husband's favorite people now, too. So it's just awesome. I'm so excited. All right. Got somebody else in September, but we'll uh, maybe we'll save that. Um, I have to confirm. You can <laughs> confirm it all. Um, yeah. 
Stormfrog says, I always do a fit check before her, his, the streams. T-shirt check. All good. That's not true, Stormfrog. I remember that shirt that um, I forgot who gave it to you. But you even made the webcomic about it. Also, Stormfrog, I'm going to play your drop. Stormfrog. <laughs> Stormfrog drop. All right. Okay. Ice Queen. I'm waiting for Ice Queen to check in. Should we wait for Ice Queen to check in or should we jump in? We can jump in. All right. Well, you know how long she's gonna be? I don't. Could be. Could be anything. Um. Anyway, maybe we could. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What do you? I'll let you take the reins, Kara, since it's your show tonight. It is my show. So I met a pretty, um, pretty cool guy at an event a couple month-ish, two months ago, named Josiah, and he and his partner run Conover. Um, it's out of Conover Piano Factory in Oregon, Illinois. They run an group investigations. So I'm going to ask them to join us because they're going to explain it so much better than me. And I'm excited to hear about it. All right. We're going to we're going to ask, right? You're asking now? Usually take a couple I'm, minutes. I asked them to jump. Tressa, what are you drinking tonight? You always are drinking something good. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it's the usual. I got my vodka lemonade. Oh. <laughs> okay. What? Was I supposed to say something else? I don't nope. know. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> usually people, it's your usual. People usually are muted when they hop in, so make sure you unmute yourselves. Welcome. Welcome. Hey. Welcome Thanks in. for coming. Make sure you unmute yourselves. We can't hear you quite yet. No, you just muted yourself. There you go. Oh, not working. Do a check. It says you're unmuted. No, can't hear you yet. No. I tell you, the Zoom stuff. <laughs> there we go. We, we oh. hear you. Yes. Oh. Okay, there we go. Can you hear us both? Hello, hello. Yes, now we hear you both. It just it yes. takes Zoom a second, I, I guess. Yeah, because we go through Steve's laptop, so uh, both of our audio channels through his laptop, so I'll just mute myself here. Okay. You guys can still hear me now? Yes. Okay, perfect. Yes. So why don't you uh, guys take a moment and introduce yourselves, maybe how you know Kara? Yeah, um, so this is Josiah Henson speaking, um, and I am the Henson of Bartell and Henson Paranormal. And uh, we know Kara, we met her at the Haunted Joliet prison that uh, Chris Fleming threw a tour, and uh, Dave Schrader was there. And what was it, about a month ago now, Steve? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so we met Kara through there toward the end of the evening, um, and she got a hold of us and wanted to know if we would be interested in coming on the show and talking about our tours and some of the stuff that we do. Kara's good like that. I feel like she's got that uh, that that aura and charm. And she's, yep, absolutely. She's just a people person. If I didn't know better, I would say that Kara probably would be great in public relations, just like Stormfrog. Hey, Leah, <laughs> how you doing? This guy's. This is Leah. Uh, we're gonna go around Hello. and introduce ourselves too. I'm sure. I don't know if you guys were watching the stream, but I'm Frank. Uh, we've got Tressa. You guys know Kara. This is Leah down below, depending on, I don't know how Zoom is sorting it for you. And then we've got Jenny. The one with the fake mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, Kara, take us in. All right. So 
Importantly, so what's the name? What's the name of your place? Um, and what's the history of it? Yeah, so the uh, the place is called Haunted Conover Square, and it's a former piano factory here in Oregon, Illinois. Um, the construction started around 1890 and ended sometime in the early 1900s. And it's this massive old piano factory, about 200,000 square feet. Um, there's a basement, a sub-basement, first floor, second floor, and even an attic. And this thing is just gigantic. Um, and for about 10 years now, there's been tours that have been running throughout the building. Um, and it started off with a guy named Mike Grasso. And uh, Mike started the tours and they become wildly successful. Uh, but Mike ended up having to move out to Pennsylvania for family issues. And he turned the, the tours over to Steve. And Steve ran them for what, about a six or seven months by yourself? Yeah, less than a year. Yep. Yeah. And then Steve uh, kind of asked me if I'd be interested in joining up with him. And he and I created the uh, Bartell and Henson Paranormal Group, which oversees the haunted Conover Square tours now. Wonderful. Um, now, as far I didn't know this was in Oregon, Illinois. My best friend worked at a school out there. He was IT for an oh, no elementary school. Oh, yeah. I know it's a little town. Um, <laughs> anyway, guys. Yeah, we would love to hear more. Um, how did how did I, I read just a small snippet, but I, I never want to read too much because we definitely want to hear it from the experts. Why don't you sure. why don't you walk us through sort of uh, how everything sort of got started? Okay. Um, I, I'm Steve Bartell. I'm the Bartell and Bartell and Henson. And, uh, uh, the guy that started it, his name was Mike Grasso. He owned, so, uh, the piano factory was, uh, went out of business in 19, in the 1970s and a private party ended up buying it and remodeled it and opened it as an antique mall. So to this day, there's stores in here, there's hair salons, there's a restaurant. Um, there used to be a publishing house, uh, all kinds of vintage stores and, and everything. So anyways, long story short, there a lot of them are still in operation. Um, Mike Grasso that started the tours owned a shop in here. And uh, he started hearing from some of the other business owners about strange happenings in their stores. You know, one, one lady was um, in her store folding clothes and doing stuff, saw a lady walk in out of the corner of her eye and walked into the back room. And she says, you know, I'll be with you in just a minute and finished up what she was doing and went in there to help her. And there was no one in there. Um, other stores have had, you know, pillows that were sitting on a bookshelf uh, just launched off the top and onto the floor. And, you know, a couple of the customers looked at each other and was like, what's going on. And so as these stories started to trickle out, he started to, uh, have uh, walking tours through the building, just telling spooky stories, was contacted by a local paranormal team and they wanted to investigate the building and they got some really good activity and it turned into um, spooky building tour and then, hey, let's investigate. And he started accumulating equipment and uh, it, it, it evolved from there and we're keeping the tradition going. And, you know, we, we book usually one to two either teams or private events monthly and uh we could probably do a lot more even too we we spread them out you know quite a bit because we both work full-time and this is just our fun you know side hustle and everything and that's pretty much it wonderful so so what kind of things have you guys uh like when you're doing the investigations i'd imagine that with all the equipment that people bring in uh do you guys have sort of maybe some favorite finds or, or things that have shown up like after the fact during an investigation? 
Yeah, we do. Um, so throughout the tour, we have uh, different things that we play, especially EVPs. Um, and unfortunately, we don't have them queued up right now where we can play them for you guys. But uh, throughout the tours, we'll stop at different locations of the building and play an EVP or something that was captured in uh, that area and see if the people on the tour can decipher what it says prior to us front loading them. You know, So we don't want to front load them and say, hey, this is what it says. We want to see if they can hear it. And most oftentimes they can hear it and they can repeat it without us even having to tell them what it said. And there's one that really sticks out in my mind. Um, that was down in the basement. I don't know if you want to tell this, Steve, because you were a little bit more intimate with it, but this is the one I think that was really interesting. So so the first team that came in, it was Midwest Ghost Society. They're based out of like the Yorkville, Plano area. And uh, they were in here and a husband and wife couple were investigating the basement. It was just the two of them. And uh, they were setting up equipment. You can kind of hear them murmuring a little bit. And uh, out of the blue, you hear a male voice and, and it was a, an entire sentence. And he, he says, uh, that bitch is in the chair I sit in. And then about 10 seconds later, he says, bitch, a second time. And so, so we play that on the tours, you know, and some people are like, oh, I think I heard chair. I think I heard, you know, bitch and whatever. And yeah, but uh, sweetest, sweetest couple, um, you know, they, they don't swear. They don't do anything. And, and here he gets mad at her for sitting in his chair. <laughs> So yeah, that, that's that's one of one of the best captures. That's pretty great. I gotta, I no, gotta ask my, go ahead. I'm sorry. I gotta, I gotta ask my uh, staple question. Why, why do you think this place is so haunted? Were, was there like an accident? Like, why are there so? Were there a lot of deaths here? I think that is a phenomenal question, and we get asked that almost every single tour. And how we kind of like to respond is. We have no recorded deaths. Um, we, we know that there were some accidents within the building, but as the building currently sits right now, it's a, just a massive area full of antiques and you name it. I mean, we've got a whole museum upstairs full of any kind of antiques dating some of them back to the 1700s. And I think if you believe in attachments or spiritual attachments to items, th this would be the place for that. And then another possibility is we've got a giant river that's right in our backyard it's the rock river and right. uh, some people believe that that could potentially be a conduit and the third possibility and this one i'm not so sure about but a lot of people do mention it uh oregon sits atop limestone cliffs so um i i would have to assume if limestone is in fact an energy conductor that could be one potential explanation uh, Steve, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, or um, in addition to the fact that the river runs out behind us, there's a there's a large dam right up, right in the backyard of Conover Square here, and uh, it used to power the uh, the the grain mills. Um, it used to power all the uh, the the machines at the factory and everything, um, and uh, um, you know, over the years there's been accidents. In fact, about three or four years ago, we had a boat uh, ended up. Um, getting sucked into the dam and capsized and and both men uh, died um, one of them was found one of them was never found um, at some point there was an older gentleman that waded out into the river I guess he he took all his clothes off waded out into the river and ended up drowning so some of these things have happened within a close proximity of the place as well and another thing I like to think about um, oftentimes people associate hauntings with death 
And I don't necessarily think that that's always the case. Sometimes I think that a phenomenal experience may have imprinted itself and maybe we're hearing residual or something of that effect just overplaying and it's triggered by some some sort of event like an atmospheric event or who knows what. But, you know, we've had so many people tell us that like their grandfather was a security guard here and they used to play upstairs in the attic at nighttime. And, you know, memories like that, if they do have the ability to imprint, why wouldn't they? You know, so maybe that's some of the stuff that we're hearing here. Absolutely. With all of the antiques there, like, and a river, it's like uh, you've got a battery that makes ghosts right there. Yeah. Yep. We do also have a question here from a uh, viewer named Stormfrog. Uh, he says that, uh, or his question is, has there ever been a moment that made you think, okay, this spirit or entity might actually be dangerous? And if so, do you believe the entity was human? It's a good question. Um, we've never really had any negative activity here. Um, uh, the only th the closest thing we've had to that was we had um, we had a group come in from Chicago, and they were uh, they kind of they hosted their own event here, and uh, it, it was some of the guys that run the Chicago Hauntings tour. Um, they so they had a group of people in here that they were familiar with, but we didn't know them. But uh, as they were investigating the basement. Um, one guy ended up having scratches on his forehead. He was wearing a stocking cap, but wow. he had scratches on his forehead. And then another woman that was part of that group as well, she um, she claimed she was punched in the stomach and she was actually kind of distraught about it and crying and everything. Now, we don't really know them. That They said the guy, they knew him really well. Uh, the, the woman, they didn't really know quite as well. But I don't know if they were provoking or doing something that we normally try to not do or, or you know, try to to keep other people from doing it as well but uh as far as actual evil entities in here if they're in here we've never really encountered them uh, most of the hauntings seem to be from what the the uh, mediums have told us and everything are you know there's about four stories of of small girls haunting different areas of the building huh. um and, and just a lot of, you know, you know, like a, like the surly worker who said the bitch in the chair and everything was just like a, you know, a grumpy, surly, you know, old time misogynistic <laughs> dude, you know, whatever and, and stuff. So we've never really encountered anything outright evil or possibly demonic here. So now that kind of answers maybe the question I was going to ask, are you guys starting to you know, get to know certain spirits. So, you know, are you starting to notice maybe that surly worker or you're noticing, you know, little girls that you could just know, oh, that's that guy when something happens. Or yeah, I would say, yeah, I, I would say we definitely do have certain locations that we assign uh, spiritual activity to, especially like up in the attic, there's a particular wing of the attic that uh, when we hear certain things, we assume that it's the uh, this gentleman that's apparently been up there working, you know, and doesn't even realize that he's, you know, long clocked out. Um, and, you know, we've had responses that are a male voice from that area where people are directly addressing him and he'll respond. And then also in the uh, museum, there's the little girl that uh, we believe her name is Hannah and she potentially could be in the museum. So, yeah, I think I think there are certain areas that we could definitely definitely agree with that on. Wow. The, 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 when you mentioned the three little girls, do you have any stories about them that, that they actually piqued my interest quite a bit? It sounds like that would sure. be a fun little 
So we always start the tour. Um, the, the bathrooms are over near the uh, entrance where people come in from the parking lot. And uh, one night, we always tell the story to get started. You know, we, we tell everyone to use the restroom first. So so then we tell the story and, and, and they can, uh, you know, they can picture the bathroom as they're in there. But uh, Mike and his wife, Sherry, were working late one night. And uh, there were, you know, there's a lot of people walking by the shop. There was a scrapbooking group or something going on in the uh, art club that's on the second floor and so so they were seeing people going back and forth well sherry went down to use the restroom um she walks into the restroom and there's there's a bench right around the corner as you go in and there was a little girl uh laying down with her head in her hands she was laying face down (laughs) and she's like oh that's kind of cute you know and she says hi or whatever and goes into the stall and uh she starts thinking about it she's like you know it's it's getting kind of late. We haven't really seen anyone in the past, you know, 15 minutes or so. So she peeks back out and the little girl's gone. There were no footsteps. There were no opening of the door and everything. And uh, there's a shop uh, right around the corner from the bathrooms. Uh, used to be a soap shop. They moved to a different location here in town. And Mike and his wife, Sherry, were in there about a year or two later. And uh, the, the owner of the soap shop asked them if anyone had seen her little girl that hangs out in the bathroom. And I guess she said customers used to come in there and say, you know, there's a little girl in the bathroom or her parents around here or, you know, lost, you know, what's going on. And so there's some validation for that story. And another uh, story that I always thought was really interesting. Um, we had a, it was an all night investigation here and uh, some of the people they'll set some of their devices in locations, then come and retrieve them at the end of the night and they had a EVP recorder going in uh, the attic, or I'm sorry, in the museum area. And they just set it down. And it was one of those that I think it was a task cam that's like hypersensitive. Yeah. So, of course, you would hear anything approaching or, you know, walking away from. And they just left it there and walked away from it. And at the end of the night, uh, they picked it up and they were playing it. And there wasn't anybody in that area. They could tell by, you know, the lack of footsteps. And uh, I think it was around, what, midnight, Steve, when this happened? Something like that. Something to that effect. And they heard a little girl, and we do have that, obviously not right now, but we do have that we can share with you guys later, of a little girl humming, just plain as day, humming a certain tune. It's like, and there wasn't anybody in that area. And the way the building is, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have heard it from up above or down below just based on how thick this is. I mean, this is like a type five timber construction building. There's beams in here that are 18 inches thick. So it wouldn't have just traveled through thin walls like that. So just kind of interesting. That That's one thing that always stood out to me. We would love to get that uh, if at some point you guys want to send it That's over so to us. Creepy. We would love to. Yeah, we sure can. We would love oh, absolutely. To uh, creepy love humming. Yeah. Boring songs ever. <laughs> Ugh, no. I, think it, I honestly think it'd be great to put your uh, rendition up of it uh, versus the actual clip, and we'll see how close they are. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you like my humming? Did I it did, do it justice? I did. Sing us. Do another one. It, it had a creepy effect, I think. Yeah. Uh, another? Okay. <laughs> 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 Wonderful. So have you guys um, ever noticed with all the antiques and things and the museum, have you guys noticed things or entities that you've seen leave when certain pieces leave? Have you guys been able to adapt or, or see it that clearly or, or not necessarily? 
Um, no, I, I don't think so. And the reason for that is there's so many different little shops in here. It would be nearly impossible for us to see everything that comes and goes, but that's an awesome question. And I have thought of that before. Like, I wonder if these shop owners have experienced that, but unfortunately I don't think I have, I don't know about you, Steve. Uh, I can't think of anything right offhand, but at the same time, this, this place is so giant and it's a total mixed bag, no matter what area yeah. you're in. You know, we have a story of something that happened there. Um, some things we can assign to certain spirits and some things are just completely random. Um, so sometimes, you know, they also describe the place as a beacon that uh, spirits can, you know, are kind of drawn to the place because of the the openness and the, and, and the, you know, the size and the location. So I'm sure we've encountered different spirits all the time oh, yeah. and we really have no idea how many of them have come and gone, but except for the few that we feel like we can identify. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I can't, I'll have to keep following to see if there's, you know, as you find more and identify more, it'll be interesting to see what you guys find. I got a couple of questions. Uh, the first one is, do you, I mean, I don't know much about Oregon. I only know about it because my best friend was there for a bit, but, um, are you guys like the the main? I mean, you got you called it a beacon. Are you guys? Would you say you're the main sort of haunted place in town? Uh, and then also, my next question is: Do you see the activity within the location sort of leveling out right now, or do you see it sort of increasing or decreasing as time goes on? Well, I, I guess I, I'll start out with the first part of your question. Um, it's ironic that you ask if we're the only haunted place. Um, We've talked to people and there is a just a ridiculous amount of homes that people claim have strange activity in there. One of them was a uh, Supreme Court justice who passed away in his house here in town. Um, other ones, we don't really know who lived there that might be haunting them. But, you know, with, with our with our team here in town, not the Bartell and Henson, but we have we have a, a larger group called Rock River, Rock River Area Paranormal Society. There's about 12 of us or so in that we have gone and investigated all sorts of places around town from the library to the, uh, to the junior high school courthouse, the, the courthouse. Exactly. Um, that, that not the newer, more modern courthouse, but the old original courthouse. And so there, there's a lot of hauntings everywhere, but ironically you asked us if we were the biggest one in town. Um, we have a place here in town called the roadhouse. Um, it was actually featured on the dead files and, uh, they came here and filmed it because it's tied into a story of an unsolved murder. We had a 17 year old girl and her boyfriend both turned up missing, uh, back in 1948. Uh, his body was found the next morning. Her body wasn't found for another three days, but he was shot multiple times, including, um, a lot of, uh, quite a few shots in the groin. She was found a few days later, also shot execution style as in the back of the head, as well as a few other things. And they believe that she was uh, now again, she was 17, but she was involved with the uh, local police chief at the time. And she had broken things off with him and was dating some guy from Rockford, Illinois. And so they think that he was probably, you know, it was kind of a revenge killing kind of thing. And ironically his service revolver turned up missing the day after uh, all this happened, huh. you know, and of course he was never prosecuted for it. Anyways, long story short, there, there's That's a lot so of, 
Yeah, there's actually a book <laughs> book written about it and everything, but it all ties into that episode when they came out. Uh, their last stop before they disappeared was at the roadhouse. And uh, yeah, so Amy came out and did her walkthrough and everything. And so as far as, you know, more well-known places, they've actually been featured on television and everything. Now, have you guys had anybody yeah. come in uh, from TV to check you guys out? Yeah, the uh, Kling Brothers from the Discovery Channel came out, I think, about seven years ago now. Yes. Yeah, they did an event out here one night here at Conover, one night up in Rockford. Um, and then we actually we actually have next month, Chris Fleming is uh, is coming out. Yes, yes. He uh, <laughs> After we met him at the uh, the prison, he contacted us and said he wanted to find a, you know, a smaller location, unheard of and everything, with a smaller, more intimate group and everything. And so, yeah, we have a 24-person event coming up next month with Chris. Yeah, and then we did we did uh, get contacted by uh, who we believe was most likely the Ghost Hunters reboot. They never did come right out and tell us uh, the name of the show, but we had to assume that's what it was. And the building owner at that time wasn't super keen on us bringing a ton of attention to the building, so we had to kind of bow out of that, but they did contact us. Um, that was about two Stinks. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, timing wise, it, it kind of coincides with when they were out at the, uh, Marine hospital out in Galena. So we, we have to believe that as they were scouting locations, this is one of the places they were interested in. Wow. Is the owner of the building like cooler about it now? Cause it's kind of <laughs> a big thing. It seems like. Well, Cool and, and the building owner, I wouldn't necessarily put in the same same sentence. You know, but. <laughs> yeah, he he's a very interesting character. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. Yeah, super super nice guy. But I think he doesn't really understand the paranormal aspect or doesn't want to believe it. He's highly skeptical. Um, he's a electrical engineer by trade, so he's very oh, yeah. scientific minded. Um, although we have shown him certain things or played EVPs for him where he really can't explain it. But uh, there for a while, he, he asked us to go on a hiatus from running the tours. Um, all that is kind of in the past now. But that was around the same time that we were being contacted by who we believe would be the ghost hunters. And um, so we just decided to bow out of it. But yeah, he's he's back full force now. He's He's really into it. And the primary uh, amount of the money that we get, the lion's share of it, goes to him just for building renovations because oh as you can imagine a building this big i mean the roof is constantly needing repair it's a flat chicago style roof so it needs repair constantly and uh steve and i take the, the rest of the money and then just put it back into purchasing more equipment and things like that so it's it, we're not living off of it by any means it's just more for us to make the tours more exciting Got another question from our listener, which is, uh, has there ever been a certain time that you know of within the space or place that perhaps carries a certain kind of energy? Maybe like a room uh, that carries a particular emotion once you're inside of it. Yeah, you know, one, one that comes to my mind would be the uh, military room. Um, upstairs, just off of the museum, there's a room that at one point in time had tons of military memorabilia. And uh, that room had a lot of different things happen in it that kind of, I guess you would you'd sort of consider the energy darker or more more angry. And uh, some people would go up there and provoke, which we, we try to discourage as much as possible. But um, I would say that room 
prior to all that stuff being removed, we had a massive water leak up there. So all the stuff had to be removed. That room there, I say, would probably have a very signature feeling to it, mm. uh, in my opinion. And what's also interesting about that room is it's directly across from a power generating station, a smaller substation. But we get readings off the charts on the millimeters and all the different meters in that room because there's giant power lines like four foot right outside that wall. So that room is just off the charts full of actual energy. Military room. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of what was in there were uh, were uniforms from former soldiers and, and flags. And, Medallions. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. It sounds like it's got to carry so some how, energy. How did you guys even get into the paranormal stuff in the first place? You know, how did you join the Rock River area? you know, group and well, everything. I actually, I actually founded it. Um, I founded it back in, I'd say about seven years ago now. And uh, it just kind of evolved into what it is now. Um, but prior to that, I came across a post on Facebook about doing a haunted Conover Square ghost tour. I thought, holy cow, that's right up my alley. Ever since I was little, I've been into this stuff. You know, I, I've got pictures of me with giant Coke bottle glasses holding up Goosebumps books because I was that <laughs> kid, you know, the one that would race home to see Are You Afraid of the Dark? And oh, yeah. um, that was just <laughs> who I was. So when I saw this ad for uh, doing a ghost tour, I'm like, holy cow, this is great. So I uh, paid to join the tour and then everything kind of evolved from there. And at that time, Steve had already done like multiple tours with Mike. So Steve was already kind of in the mix with Mike, but then, like I said, everything kind of transpired where Mike ended up moving, and then Steve and I took over. And, and me, I, I was just always fascinated. I mean, probably Scooby-Doo, I can blame it on, you know, for uh, <laughs> for my love of the paranormal. And, you know, I, I had friends whose houses were haunted, and, and I would go over there and spend the night, and they'd tell me some of the weird stuff that would happen, and I'd just sit there fixated and hope to see something, you know. <laughs> Are your friends whose houses were haunted? Is that also within Oregon as well? Oh, I grew up out in Sterling, Illinois. It's a little bit west of here and everything. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Let's see here. Uh, just a comment we have from our listeners, especially with the medallions, talking about the military room. Lots of emotional energy soaked in those <laughs> bad boys. Uh, yeah, definitely. And I also like the reference to R.L. Stein and the Goosebumps. I think that we're Absolutely. approximately the same age because Scooby-Doo was a little bit before my time. <laughs> right behind me, I have a box of every Goosebump ever uh, printed. I think I might be missing one. And uh, currently where we're sitting right now is our office within Conover Square. And it is a paranormal mecca. You know, we've got it decked out and everything paranormal. And my idea is to put every single one of the books around the border up above us. So I just need to find the time to create the um, the book holders for that. But that's in the works. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank really you. wish we could give you guys a a virtual tour of the office. I think you guys would Me too. Really enjoy it. <laughs> Go do that right now. What are, what's all yeah. that? Okay. <laughs> I got another question coming in hot, which is, uh, has anyone ever left items of interest to see if any entities might interact with them, such as toys for the kids or perhaps bullets or a weapon for the soldier ghosts? Oh. Not saying you should give a ghost a gun, but you know, <laughs> Mr. Frog. Don't do it. He's asking well, I, questions. <laughs> So I guess because it's a, uh, you know, because it does have daytime hours and shops that operate out of here, um, 
you know, no one's ever really left anything behind for them, but we, we always use trigger objects. We'll have people, people take different things into different areas, you know, especially to, you know, wherever a little girl is supposedly at, you know, we'll take dolls and things up there. Um, ironically, we have yet to take the, uh, the doll that we purchased from Dave Schrader at the, yeah. at the Juliet event up there to see if Hannah or any of the other girls will interact with her. But that's something we definitely have to try here very soon. Can you and we have had uh, people come on our tours and like I said, they do attempt to provoke. And one interesting thing you mentioned about a gun, um, we had a gentleman come on the tour and he was a little bit, I would say different. Let's just leave it at that word. <laughs> and, uh, he wanted to bring his revolver his i guess he was a security guard that was armed and he wanted to bring his uh his weapon inside and use it as a trigger object in steve of course yeah and it was awesome because steve i'm i'm a little nicer i probably would have delivered it in a different way but steve's like absolutely not you know (laughs) so that was pretty cool but definitely weird Stormfire, I would like to ask you, uh, did he want to shoot a ghost with that gun? <laughs> we don't know what he wanted to do, but he was rocking the badge and everything. And it's like, I don't think you're supposed to wear that outside of your yeah. work location, but I don't know. <laughs> and he did I'm wear the- his empty holster all night. <laughs> I'm no scientist, but I don't think you can shoot a ghost. So what? What are you doing, dude? Like, What? We didn't you know. know. Ghosts are terrified of security guards. Terrified. Are they? Yes, well, I guess I didn't know that. It's the word on the street. Right. It's a whole Paul Blore thing where there's a second. We hate that movie. <laughs> yeah, we have we have yet to take our segue around the building, you know. But yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was just laughing so hard because Tressa said she was not a scientist. No, that's true. I'm not. I, I am absolutely not. A ghost scientist. Gotcha. So I'm curious, outside of just your experiences in your location, have either of you experienced um, personally something with a paranormal entity that you guys, like maybe it was something that really, you know, solidified your love for this or things over the years. Maybe it was before you worked here or anything, but is there an experience that you really, you know, identify with and would like to share with us? Because we love that also. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, do you want me to go? Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, I knew, I knew what you were going to say. So, okay. yeah, go for it. so, you know, if anybody asks that question, I immediately know what story I'm going to tell. I know sometimes people have to think about it, but, um, so I also grew up in Sterling, Illinois, which is where Steve grew up. And, uh, I was at this house on 908 West 13th street. I'll never forget the address. Um, just very basic style ranch home. Um, and I would have been in about sixth grade at the time. And, uh, my mother was taking educator beauty classes. So she was going to cosmetology school in the evening, working during the daytime. And my stepdad also worked in the evening and my brother played football. So after school, I'd go home, you know, watch my shows, do my homework. And about nine o'clock, everybody would show up. So I'm sitting there at home one night and the the house always gave us all kind of a creepy feeling, but nothing that was ever, you know, we could ever really put our finger on. Uh, And I'm sitting there at home and it was about the the sun was still out and I heard plain as day, my mom call our cat. The cat's name was Oreo and she called it three different times. And I came out of the bedroom like, Hey, why are you home? Like, did you forget lunch or, you know, what, what, what are you doing? There wasn't a single soul there. And I knew 
her voice, number one. I knew that she was calling the cat and I knew that I had heard it. It wasn't inside my head. So I, I was pretty shooken up. I went out and I sat on the porch, um, actually in tears. I'm, I'm going to openly admit that I was that, that shaken up. And my mom came home and found me sitting there about a couple hours later and thought like, what the hell's going on? Like, why, why aren't you inside? And I told her about it. And she said, guys, she, she got my brother in on this. She said, guys, I don't want to scare you. I, I'm not attempting to do that at all. But I have to tell you guys, when you're at school and on her days off, she would literally hear us playing in the playroom, <laughs> hear our voices. She would hear um, us talking. And then we would also hear we had a carport. It wasn't a full enclosed garage. It was just a carport. And I'm not kidding you. I could hear her GMC Jimmy pull into that carport and it had a catalytic converter issue where the cover kind of rattled, made an extremely particular sound, like one that, you know, you know, you, you get to know a vehicle sound. We would hear that vehicle pull into that carport and there wasn't a single thing there. So whatever this thing was, was mimicking not only humans, but also mimicking vehicular sounds, animal sounds. I mean, it, it just off the charts, bizarre. So at that point in time, I realized that, okay, there is something bigger than us that we don't understand happening right now. So that's kind of what set it off for me. That is terrifying. How long till you move? <laughs> so very much not a ghost. So very we much not like energy that has been like whatever. <laughs> that is a mimic and that is terrifying. That's just trying to bring you into something and you don't know what it is. That Exactly. Nope, absolutely we not. Didn't, we never really felt like it was attacking us or like it was mean, but like you said, it almost seemed like it was sort of cloaking, you know, like whatever it was, was maybe cloaking its intentions. Um, my brother did experience something where he thought he heard it say, get out, but he didn't know for a fact. Um, wow. But I did hear somebody ask how long before we moved. And I think we lived there for another year or so with things happening on and off, but nothing um, personally as substantial as when I heard my mom call the cat. That one was like, holy so, shit. Question. That's crazy. Do, did anyone ever follow those like calls to like reach out? Like oh. if they're calling the cat or if they're calling you or you like hear someone, you know, that's not there. Did anyone ever go to check that out? Because yeah. I've never heard a story where someone's oh. like, oh, let me check this out, even though I know it can't possibly be real. Like, tell me about that. Well, yeah, when I was down in the room, we had this, it was called the pink room. And this room was like 1980s shag pink carpet. The walls were pink. The blinds were pink. We grew up with everything about that. I mean, we, we grew up with not a lot. So, you know, like when we had this house we moved into, it's like, oh my God, this house is really cool, but we can't really do much with it, you know, because we're kind of getting by. So we left the pink room just as it was. So here I'm down in the pink room playing a Sega Genesis probably. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's when I heard the cat, you know, and I'm like, okay, I got to go and see why my mom's calling the cat. So that was kind of me going and investigating like, uh, why are you here? And then that's when I discovered she wasn't. Um, as far as the other ones, like my mom would, if she heard us playing, she would at first go and look to try to figure out like, are you dumbasses skipping school? But we weren't, but it, it eventually got to the point where we just kind of lived with it. And another thing that was really weird, although this wasn't paranormal, I don't think there was a rotary phone that was in the kitchen. And even, even in my day, rotary phones were like antiquated. And every time you picked that phone up day or night, there was a woman on the line. And you could hear her talking to somebody, 
but you couldn't hear the secondary conversation coming back. You could just hear she was conversating with somebody. I have to think it was like interference from like a ham radio, but that was also equally creepy. No matter what day or night, you would pick that up and you would hear her talking. So I don't know. No, no, no. I don't think that was a radio. No, it's a telephone line. They don't just have radio interference. No, no, no. That I don't is know. terrible, and I hate it. No. <laughs> I hate it. I love, yeah. I love everything about this. Have no, you no, gone back I love this it, house but I hate it. To see if the people who are there now have had, or anybody after you guys were there, had similar yes. experiences? Because that would be you the first know- thing I did as an adult. Yeah. What is very funny about this house, and it happens to my brother, my sister, and I, I, I do not communicate with my mom. That's a long story I don't want to talk about. But my brother and sister and I, we live about 40 minutes away from this place. And every time I'm in the vicinity of that place, I would say probably maybe a mile away, all of us are drawn like a magnet. Like we want to go and see this house. It's not a scary looking house. It's, it's like I said, very typical ranch style home. And my brother stopped there one time and he knocked on the door and there was several families living in there because the guy that owned the place, he owned the local restaurant where my, my mom and my stepdad were working at the time. So he would rent the house out to workers. So my brother stopped there and apparently there were like two or three families living in this one family house, which that's weird in and of itself. But he asked them if they had ever experienced anything and there was a bit of a language barrier but what he could gather was that they were saying yes but they didn't want to talk about it too much and the last time i drove by the house it was completely boarded up so there's there's boards on the windows and nobody's living there to my knowledge that may have changed it was about a year or two ago now but uh that's the last i saw it very unexpected yeah you can, you can yeah, totally tell, cool. by the way, which, which of us are phased by it. Like, which one of us, like, would not be bothered by it. Jenny and Leia are here, like, totally stone-faced, like, whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm super in. I, like, mimicry, like, super intriguing to me because it's it fits right into that, like, whole, like, Uncanny Valley thing. Like, skinwalkers. I'm in. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. I've heard I've heard <laughs> doppelgangers and those that's a scary one. That's all of those things are horrible. Them. They will <laughs> so you are murdered. You like, hey, what's up, Skinwalker? No, you're dead. No, what are you talking about? Yeah. That's awesome. What? I no, just didn't like that. I'm, with, I'm with Jenny. I'm with Jenny. <laughs> yeah, let's I go. didn't like that it could mimic vehicles. Like to me, okay, a human, I can kind of get that, but like it's mimicking a sound of a vehicle. Like what in the hell is that? <laughs> I don't know, but I want to see it. <laughs> You know, I've heard this story a few a few different times, and one thing I've never really thought to ask is, now that we have equipment of our own, we do this for you know, for you know, research purposes and and everything. Um, would you actually be interested in going back to the place and investigating with some of the tools that we have and the techniques we've we've learned and things? I'll be straight up honest with you, Steve. It would it would take a little bit of thought on my part. I would feel like I would almost be poking a bear in a way. I, I would probably do it, but I'd be slightly hesitant and a little bit more, um, probably do some more extra protection than what we normally do sure. just in case it was something. Yeah, yeah. Just in case it was something that was kind of like, okay, he's back. You know, I, I just don't yeah. know. I have to approach that differently. I think than anything we've ever done. Well, and for sure. I would think at that point doing some more probably research on the house and, you know, things of that nature, make sure you have somebody with you that, you trust and 
you know, sure. if you're going to bring a medium or something in that nature, that it's somebody you really know works well in certain situations. Like I, I definitely would be cautious, but man, I can't wait to hear about it. If you guys do it or I'll come. Yeah, that's a I'll good come. point. Okay. I was going to say, or do we all go? Yeah, for sure. I'll be there without a doubt, but, uh, we're actually looking no. for a place. Once to, something uh... happens, I'm done. I'm gone. <laughs> I'm done. Um, what kind of things do you guys do for protections before you go into, uh, investigate? I don't think that we necessarily uh, pre pregame um, necessarily. Um, some individuals might might say prayers, things like that. We, we actually do have a few things here. We have uh, we were gifted these by our friend Dan Norvell, but we've got our holy water here. I guess you can't really see it. Standard there it is. Standard issue plastic uh, bottle. There, I've seen those before. Yep, just a plastic bottle. We've also got a. a Saint Michael's medallion. That, that we were gifted as well as a uh, spiritual warfare prayers uh, book that we were given as well. So we've got some things. We also have Sage. Uh, we have, you know, we usually ask that, or, you know, command when we leave a place that, you know, that entities need to stay there. They can't come home with us, but I don't know that we've ever actually smudged uh, after an investigation. Yeah. And I'll be openly honest with you guys. I, I think we're probably on the, um, careless, yeah, maybe careless. I don't want to say that necessarily, not careless, but, but maybe maybe ignorant to you know how bad some of these things could be. Yeah, we we ought to be a little bit more diligent in that, but we really haven't had the opportunity or, or the reason other than Missouri State Penitentiary, which is a whole nother story. But um, we really haven't had the uh the reason to do it but that doesn't mean anything because you never know what you're walking into so we probably should be more preemptive i mean something to be aware of also sage is often misused as something to cleanse and clear and it is not sage activates spirits and awakens them so be cautious doing that fyi that's right go do you think that there's more like sort of risk involved if it's like something like your old house, like where you're, you've been personally involved with it? Yeah, I, I would say almost a hundred percent because you know it and it knows you, whatever it is. So yeah, I would say for sure. Wonderful. Let's see here. We've got a lot of comments in the chat, but it looks like Tress is mostly having a, con- a side conversation here, sidebar, but yeah, it's all talk in relation to this. Take a look I here. had another question related to Leah's question earlier um, about if you've noticed if spirits had been gone when something left the premises, right? That was the question. Have you heard any reports of somebody buying something from from one of the shops um, and, and having something else attached to it? On my end, nothing specifically that I can think of. No, but that's a great question, though. And and I guess we would have to talk probably to the individual shop owners. Um, I know that the building owner, um, even I, I'm guessing even if he had heard through the grapevine that something like that had happened, it's something that he definitely wouldn't want publicized. Um, right. You know, but back to our earlier conversation, he's he's afraid that that a good portion of the town would be less interested in coming here and shopping and doing whatever if they knew it was haunted or if they knew that we were, you know, in his, in their opinion, exploiting, you know, that by, by having tours here and such. Um, so yeah, so we would have to do some pretty 
digging to find out if, if that's ever happened here. And another layer to this whole onion is that, so we've got shops here that have items that are for sale, of course, but then also in the non-public areas, a lot of it is storage. And Steve and I have never directly asked the building owner, but we've, we've picked up hints along the way that a lot of these places, like these areas are full of storage that have maybe people have even passed on and they didn't even come and get their stuff or they didn't have next of kin to come and retrieve their items. So there are items that are in areas that Steve and I have seen there for years that have not moved an inch. The spirits are like, where did I put that t-shirt? I know I saw it like 10 years ago. It was like my favorite t-shirt. Well, I think it just suggests sort of this thing uh, with spirits that people commonly talk about, which is that aspect of like a closure. So like if someone doesn't have the closure with their possessions or their location, they could still come around, so to speak. Yep, Great point. Sorry, I'm in a fair amount of pain, but it's uh, I'm so just intrigued. I It makes me want to just come and walk around and look at everything and really, you know, get a feel for the energy of the different spaces. It's not every day that you find some place where you can feel that energy and 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 know that there's that much um, like you said of possibly like just even the conduit aspect of the of the of the area. Um, those places can be um, very unnerving to some people, and they're always very fun for me to to see what awakens and feels out. Yeah, and it's really interesting because a lot of times we'll have people that come on the tour and then they're like, I want to experience the other side of that coin. You know, they want to see it in operation during the daylight hours. And I will tell you from seeing it during the daylight hours to seeing it in the evening, it is 100% different on both sides of the coin. Um, And also the cool part about the tours is that the public never gets to go to the basement or the sub basement or the attic. So on the tours, you get to experience those places. So it's a whole different, a whole different area um, and feeling and vibe when you get to go to those locations. Now, how do you guys do the tours? Is, Is it ever just open? Like we're selling 10 tickets and, you know, random people could all buy the 10 tickets or do you have to like private rental as a group? You guys do a group on (laughs) it's ironic you say that because they've been pursuing us for years and josiah gets so mad when they email us saying we can help you you know whatever he's like stop emailing us because we literally don't need the help like we're inundated so much so that we're booked out into november and we don't need it nor do we want it you know right now we're we're pretty happy with word of mouth (laughs) but but so essentially you're fine yes oh yeah so, so we essentially offer uh, basically three different types of, of interactions. One is obviously the paranormal teams. They come they come in, bring their own equipment. Uh, we give them a tour and then just kind of let them go wherever they want in the building. And uh, usually we hang out in the office to make sure that we don't contaminate anything for them. And they'll investigate until the uh, until their time is up. Uh, sometimes they'll ask us if we'd like to join them. Sometimes they they you know, they believe the people that are here the most can sometimes spur some activity and stuff. Other, otherwise, if, you know, some groups want nothing to do with anyone they don't know and, and stuff. So that's one option. Um, the other option is, is pretty much exactly as you said, uh, that would be like a, a public event. And we usually just advertise that as, yeah, we have 15, 20 spots open, you know, first come first serve. Uh, that's usually the cheapest type of event. And we'll go for, we'll go for about four hours or so. And we'll, 
break everyone up into smaller groups and then we'll go to different areas of the building and multiple groups and investigate at the same time, then rotate, make sure everyone gets to go everywhere in the building. And then the last option would be if someone has a group of eight to 12 friends that they want to come in with, like a like an entire group, that's what we consider just a private private group. And we'll, uh, you know, a lot of these people that do this are first timers. So we'll, we'll bring them in, we'll give them a walk through the building and tell all of our stories. And then we'll, you know, show them all the equipment. And, you know, between, between the two of us and stuff we've accumulated for the business, we have quite a bit of equipment ourselves. Our friend Greg, who helps out with the tours, he brings in his equipment. He's got probably triple the amount of stuff we have. And, uh, you know, every time something new comes out, you know, he, he, he's interested in getting it. So, so essentially that they're paying to come in and investigate the place under our guidance. We usually guide, we guide these tours, but then we, uh, we make sure everyone gets hands on with any kind of equipment that they're interested in. And, you know, for me, and I think Josiah probably feels the same way. It brings me a lot of joy and everything to see someone actually experience, have their first paranormal experience, you know, when, when they came in not knowing what to expect or, that's I, that's why we love giving the tours, and we've we've actually uh, when we were kind of shut down for a while for doing tours here, we started uh, um, helping do tours up at the Freeport Masonic Temple. Um, nice. Our te- our team has actually given tours at multiple places. We actually have a castle about a mile and a half up the road here in town, which is a whole other story. You know, we could go on for forever about this castle, but we ended up working it out where we we gave some tours at the castle and even had a big event there a couple Halloweens ago. And uh, we actually have an event coming up. So Oregon's known for the giant Blackhawk statue. It's this big stone Indian statue um, overlooking the river. Right next to it, Northern Illinois University has a field campus out there. And <clears throat> we've, we've given tours there uh, for them. And in fact, we have one coming up on Halloween that we're doing there at the NAU Laredo Taft campus. So that sounds amazing. Yeah, Frank, you need sound to like, like plan a full field trip for all of us to do all of I those think things. So. It, Absolutely. It, it wouldn't be on Halloween because my girlfriend's birthday is on Halloween. So I'm always going to be booked on, on Halloween. Oh, that's why she's <laughs> your girlfriend. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so all of these events, would we see them all on Facebook, you know, to be able to stalk you guys and figure out what we're going to come out for. <laughs> Yeah, um, so we've got two different Facebook pages that are both somewhat active. Uh, Bartell and Henson Paranormal is the first one. And then the second one is the Rock River Area Paranormal Society Facebook page. Um, and like Steve said, there are differences between the two. Yeah. Yeah, and the Bartell and Henson is, it also has Haunted Conover Square added to it as well. So yeah. a search should bring up either one of those. And it does get a little confusing, but it's kind of the the way we had to do it because like Steve mentioned, Bartell and Henson, we were running tours out of different locations. So we kind of used the master name and then just attached the different locations that we tour. There is also a website as well. Um, it's... I think it's hauntedconoversquare.com. Right? Uh, Conoverghosts.com. Ghosts.com, yes. I will link them all on our social media with this podcast just so people can check you guys out. Uh, outside of that, um, do you guys uh, have any like personal pages you guys want uh, our audience to maybe find you? Um, I mean, I don't know if you're cool with like our audience reaching out to you personally on Facebook. Stranger things have happened, but um is there anything else or are the is it just exclusive to sort of those facebook pages do you guys have like instagram 
anything yeah we we do have instagram but we're old you know I, i'm 37 <laughs> steve's 90 yeah. and uh that's oh, a joke I, Steve. I, I do turn 50 next, 50 next year though yeah no but um our instagram page is completely inactive i i do not know how to even use that platform very well <laughs> uh facebook is about the extent of it and the website gotcha relatable it, we, we, I we do we do do a podcast as well actually we were doing two podcasts for a while but you know as it's a as we're on a podcast and everything, you know, I, I don't know if. Oh, you can totally uh, plug another podcast. Yeah. We're totally all okay. about that. Our, our podcast is called Paranormal One Future Ghosts, and we're found on Anchor, which which you guys are as well, I, I believe. Yep. And uh, and yeah, we actually record that podcast with Mike, who started the tours 10 years ago and moved out to Pennsylvania. We Zoom just like this and uh, I think we have a total of eight followers or something to that effect. <laughs> yeah, our our our, our, view, our listens are so low, but you know, it's it, we do it more for fun than rather recognition or. That's fame. how you do it. If you do it for uh, recognition or fame, you're gonna hate it. So just do it for fun. Yeah, we. Yep, that's what for we sure. Yeah. We we. I always say because I get you know whenever we whenever I personally am in a place where it's like a workplace event or something, it's like give us a fun fact. I always kind of bring up that I do this, and so people are always asking like what do you guys do then? Or like, what do you talk about? And so like, after telling them that we're doing spooky stuff, I always tell them that like, it's not the ultimate goal to sort of strictly educate because there were so many resources for that. Um, but for what we're trying to do is we're more of like, we have fun with it. We, we try to also entertain. <laughs> so yes. it sounds like you guys, uh, at least in format, you guys are similar to what we do. So hopefully a few of our listeners could uh, jump ship and listen to you guys. I'd be more than happy to plug that. So um, maybe we yeah. could all get together and share some links afterwards and uh, get that all set up. Yeah, that'd be Absolutely. really cool. It, it's definitely, uh, it's it's getting pretty um, saturated as far as the podcast field go, especially the paranormal and, you know, going up against giants like, you know, at one time darkness radio and coast to coast and all that, you know, it's like, gosh, will we ever get there? But like Steve said, that's not necessarily the goal. The goal is just to have fun and just joke around and get together with people we really enjoy and like. Yeah, and, and when you... No, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just, I was just going to say what, when you have conversations like this, it's amazing, uh, you know, how much, how much you actually learn every time you do it. And, yeah. and, and these conversations, you know, evolve into some, some really good stuff. Sometimes it's, it's really amazing. Oh, I mean, maybe this isn't like the best format or like the best show to be talking about how it's about fun and not success because I know each one of us make at least six figures from this show. Right. Checks coming, right? Fred? Don't make me mail. laugh. That's what he says. <laughs> but if you guys are all located in the Chicagoland area or even yeah. or nearby, I mean, we'd, we'd love to have you out and show you around the place. Yeah. One of our, uh, one of our hosts who's actually, it's just coincidentally her night off tonight. Uh, Mick, She's actually uh, in the Quad Cities area, so she's a lot okay. closer to you guys. <laughs> and, okay. Um, some of our founding hosts uh, live in Dixon, also, so it'd be cool to visit oh. them if we ever come out as well. Yeah, it's all Dixon's like like fifteen minutes down the road. And who who would that be, by the way? Uh, so my the the people who started this show with me are John Coyle and uh, Katie and Katie moved to Chicago and she's here now. But John Coyle works at a restaurant. Uh, in Dixon, he's worked at a few, uh, <laughs> and the only reason we don't still do the show together is because he moved away from Chicago. So 
when we were initially doing the show, when we started in 2010 to do like 2013 timeframe, Zoom wasn't what it is today. It wasn't so easy to sort of do what we're doing tonight remote. Uh, things yeah. on the internet weren't set up for that. Twitch wasn't a thing. There really weren't many places you could live stream to. So just from a logistics standpoint, um, he just left the show. But uh, yeah, you know, outside of John and Katie, though, there's a bunch of friends that that I personally know out in Dixon. I don't know if I want to name up everyone, but we probably <laughs> we probably have, a, you know, that seven degrees of separation to maybe have some mutual acquaintances, I would say, because it is oh, I gu- a small world. I guarantee it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll actually uh, I'll reach out to him after the show. Maybe that's. uh <laughs> Yeah, and then so we got Sternfrog saying that. Uh, oh wait, she's talking. He's talking to Trust. So Trust, you guys. I think <laughs> what I think we're also going to do is we're going to have we're going to have Stormfrog come out to the Midwest. Also, we're going to go down to Texas, do some stuff with him, and then uh, we're going to have him come out here. But um, yeah, wonderful. I mean, in all honesty, they're about halfway between us and Mick. It's a pretty great. Yeah, I would say that's a perfect meetup. Yeah, they're, it's they're, literally like halfway between the Quad Cities and Chicago. At least. Yeah, they're definitely on the way there. It's more Mick has a car. Mick can get there. <laughs> but uh, I'm wondering if we should carpool as a group on our side. Logistically, that would be the, our, our sort of. You're driving. What we'd have to figure out. I don't mind driving. No, it'll be too slow. The windows have to. Yeah, no, we have to go in. One <laughs> <way>. <laughs> too slow. I'll bring a cooler full of milk. I go, it's cool. I it's really not that bad. I, I travel and I go into the city every day. It, it is really not that bad of a drive. Yeah, I know. Once Which you, you said that, and I can't even imagine because I was looking. You commute you know, to how the far city from there? You know, oh my yeah, god! It, I get mileage though. Every every mile is paid and my clock starts as soon as i leave my house so i'm That's i'm awesome. very babied there nice yeah what you gotta oh, do is you just gotta like hit 80 i complain you... about going the three miles to the loop from my apartment <laughs> just, it's all about the cruise control you hit 80 you put it on the cruise control and then you're just steering a little bit and that's it yeah i, I go on 90 and it's so wide open especially when i go in the morning i am just by myself listening to spooky uh audiobooks and it, it's just phenomenal hell it's amazing, amazing. Maybe we should start closing up. What do you What do you guys think? We're, yeah, we're, we're coming around to that time. I'll start uh, playing the closing music. I'm gonna make it real low so we don't blow out any ears. Uh, Tressa, while I'm That's doing that, really quick, do you want to give a little shout out to the person supplying the closing music? Oh yeah, this is uh, Dustin Kreft. He uh, check out his SoundCloud on whatever links that we might have. <laughs> He's very talented and a guest on my <laughs> podcast. I mean, on SoundCloud. The link will be on SoundCloud. No. It's also on our Twitter. So if you're curious, reach out to our Twitter. We also have a link to his website in our Discord, which I have to update the link here in Twitch. But uh, that will be all updated. I didn't know that the Twitch link for the Discord was broken. That might be why people haven't been coming in in droves. But Stormfrog. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. that's, that's definitely why. <laughs> Absolutely, it's somebody our, had to it's say it. Charming conversation. <laughs> once we're in there, it's because I mean we make broken. six figures, so I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> All right. So what we generally like to do in our podcast is we usually go around the room, around the table, and we usually have a closing thought. Who wants to go first? Anybody? I will just say that I always neglect to remember that items can have energy to them and the fact that that was brought up because there is no real deaths that anyone knows of of this location is totally fascinating and i'm 
here for it. Thank you. Jenny, do you want to go next? Yeah, um, I'm very excited. I have so many things to research now um, all about this place and then ghost protection stuff. Like I've, I've got like five different things that I need to research now. So, so thank you very much. I appreciate that. Leah, what do you got? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just can't wait to come down and get spooky. Like I'm super pumped. I also am going to be doing a little more research on the area now after hearing about it. Like I just kind of want to dig in a little more, all the stuff that you guys brought up about um, kind of the conduit of that area and things. I'm very intrigued to, to do a little more research into that. Energy is a very, very cool thing. And I think so many people forget that that's a big factor when it comes to paranormal is the energy of, of the area and the space as well. So. Kara is thank our you team lead for tonight. I got, well, thank you. It is my first. Thank you for coming on. Second. I'm so bummed the 17th is sold out because I would have driven out for that one. So we'll pick another day to come out. And last one, we never do anything when we leave the prison. One day we saw somebody smudging themselves by their car and we all giggled. So, <laughs> so we never, we don't do anything either. That's all I got. Do you, do you guys as our guests want to give your, your closing thoughts? Anything that you want to share with the listeners to take back with them? Uh, I think the one of the key takeaways from tonight is just how awesome it is to meet other people and just hear other people's stories. So always keep your ears open. Um, as weird as certain things sound, just keep an open mind and keep an open ear. And and my my only input is you guys asked some really good questions, and uh, you know it, it's always it's always great to really think and dig some of the questions that people ask and everything. Wonderful. Well. I uh, definitely want to thank you and thank Josiah for coming on. Um, what we generally also like to do is have a New Year's party. So you guys will definitely be invited because we, we want to. The goal, it doesn't always work out, but we generally want to invite every guest that we've had on for the whole year. Um, so uh, It's a drunken shit show it's, and it's so it's, fun. It's a fun show. Because so, there's about 13 more people in the Zoom. Yeah, we'll, we pre-record that, but we, we actually will air it on New Year's. So we'll, we'll invite you for that. But uh, outside of the again, and thank you so much for being with us. We'll share your links there on our social media. And to the listeners tonight, reach out with any other questions, follow-up questions. We'd be happy to share those. And uh, outside of that, we hope that everybody has a great and spooky night. We will see you all next week. Take care of yourselves. And have a great night. Thank you guys so much. Bye, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> okay, and we're off air. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Oh, Thank you. Thank you.